0: Welcome to the Migrant Media Network, MMN Gambia Diaspora Monthly Podcast Series. MMN is a project by RUG Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation funded by the German Foreign Office. The project provides young Africans, especially potential migrants, with reliable information through social media and training on migration issues in order to make informed choices and be aware of safer migration options to Europe. MMN has been implemented in Ghana and Germany since 2019 and expanded to the Gambia in 2021. Although the Gambia is the smallest country in Africa with a population of about 2 million, Gambians were in the top five nationalities to make the perilous journey to Europe through the Mediterranean at some point. Between 2014 and 2018, over 35,000 Gambians arrived by sea in Europe, according to the UN Migration Agency IOM. The overwhelming majority who take this journey are often young people either seeking refuge or driven by wrong information and false hope about Europe. Between 2016 and 2017, there were estimated 14,500 Gambian refugees in Germany, for example, making them the third largest group of African refugees in the country. On this episode, we feature a young Gambian who
1: risked it all to reach Europe by boat and come to Europe, because I got the influence from people who came before me, and in the family members, the friends. In
0: October 2013, Ibrahim, not his real name, decided to leave the Gambia to embark on the perilous journey to Europe through the Mediterranean. His decision was triggered by how his friends in Europe glorified and romanticized the so-called European dream to him, that in Europe he would easily get papers to work and make quick money to change the fortunes of his family in The Gambia.
1: I think there is a very, very big impact from where I come from about, um, about, about Europe. So everything you see new change, good life, now that it's been built, I mean, or provided by people in diaspora in Europe. And I had to think, okay, in this position now I graduated, I didn't have the opportunity, I didn't have that fastest opportunity by then to further my education. What could I do? I mean, I am the only hope for the family. I am I'm the elder. So I have siblings, my mom, father, family members rely on me. So the only thing that came to my mind was just to leave Gambia and, and, and embark on the, on, on, on the journey. And then I depart from Gambia to um, Senegal and from Senegal to Mali, proceeded to, um, Burkina Faso and proceeded to Nyame and Agadez. I had to spend three months in Agadez. We, we depart in midnight, uh, from Agadez to the desert and we spent five good days in the desert before arriving. In Libya, Libya, the
0: last African destination before irregular migrants take to the sea to Europe, Ibrahima would spend six months living rough and under extremely difficult and dangerous circumstances. During this time, he was kidnapped for ransom and forced labor multiple times by armed militants in the Libyan capital Tripoli and elsewhere in the volatile North African country. On the 9th of June 2014, a and 114 other migrants, majority of them Gambians, were escorted by human traffickers to a dinghy boat at a seaside in Tripoli set for the Mediterranean journey to Europe.
1: So I just think everything's fine. There's a boat prepared, you know, it's comfortable, you know, so it's not going to be, I mean, we were even told that for some five, four to seven hours, we will get rescued so you know so the the way they narrate to you before you take the boat is like okay everything's fine everything is chill no worry the weather is good so at that point in time i felt so much happy and so much you know relief that okay the pressure and the hardship is end we were 115 people boarded that small boat that was horrible so at midnight everyone board uh, we were fine then uh, the captain came and hold the boat, put the engine, and then the, the compass man took the compass, and the, the Arab gang was already there, the smuggler. Arab smuggler was there. So the Arab smuggler drove us, I think, some 500 meters. He threw himself <laughs> and swam to the source and he said, okay, go, everything fine. The, the Arab guys, they don't go. They just, they just escort you, I mean, like some meters, and throw themselves to swim. So our, within ourselves, we had two drivers, um, one of them Gambian and the other one uh, Senegalese. And we also had a Nigerian who was using the compass, the GPS. So we left at that midnight, 12, um, drove. I mean, while going, the midnight was fine. Everything was going well. We didn't have any, 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 any problem. We didn't face any, any, any challenges. Uh, the waves were fine level. But by midday, there was trouble. The machine
0: broke and the wobbly boat adrift in stormy seas, causing fear and pandemonium among the migrants.
1: The engine stopped. While the engine stopped, the boat rotated. While the boat rotated, the GPS lost because it was not in good direction. So at that point in time, the guy couldn't, you know, fix the GPS, couldn't know how to work it. The mood was just Chaotic and horrible and and no one could imagine, you know, everyone in the boat crying at some point and then because we lose hope that we're going to die, no one is going to make it. Being in the Mediterranean from 12 midnight till 12 midday, distress starts until 7 p.m. in that situation and the boat was leaking, so we're pouring water out. Everyone had to put off jacket and to squeeze the water from the boat. The only thing at that time was just to wait for dead everyone to die in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. At last, a fishing boat arrived to rescue
0: Ibrahim and his colleagues. It would turn out to be the end of the journey to Europe for
1: some of the distressed migrants. We had to stop because the waves at that time were so heavy. The weather was already bad. Then the boat approached us until very close to us. Then it stopped. Then we moved to the big boat until we were closer to the boat. Then they throw a ladder. They asked us to climb up and go while they were on top of the boat looking us on down. So at this time, 15 people lost their lives when we realized that 115 people were in the boat. And when we were rescued, we were 100 people. I could have also even lost my life because I tried to go on top of the boat i mean climb up with the ladder someone pulled me down instead of going between the two boats i went to the boat inside the, our boat so that was the luckiest i felt on the boat so a guy pulled me behind with my jacket i tried to make up again and to climb so that was when i made this second attempt but the first attempt i was just so lucky that i fell on our boat but if i felt between the two boats i would have died because the waves were crazy going. You could see how crazy the waves were moving. The 15 people lost their lives in this area, in this moment, at this point in time, because they fell between the two boats and they're going. You will be up and hearing people screaming and crying.
0: Ibrahima and the other rescued migrants were taken to a refugee camp in Sicilia, a sunny island region in southern Italy, where they were given medical attention and opportunity to seek asylum. Despite the trauma at sea, he was excited that he was finally in Europe. But it wouldn't take long before Ibrahim realized that his
1: mental picture of Europe was false. So we submitted our application. The following day, we were taken to this shelter. It's a private shelter, and at this private shelter, it's just, it was just horrible. I mean, just isolated village, no contact to white people, no contact to anything. So just sleeping. You wake up in the morning, you drink a cup of milk with a biscuit. At the end of the week, we were given 17 euros. And in the, in the afternoon, we eat pasta. It's always pasta for lunch, pasta for dinner. And we didn't have the opportunity to go to school. Um, so it's just that, okay, you have to wait until you are called for an interview. And when you have interview, your asylum would be taken to, to, to look on it and the process it. Before it is finalized, you have to, so you never know. It was just disappointing, was shocking, and was was just too much, you know, that, no, this is not what I expected. I hope that when I arrived, things are going to get fine, you know, I would just have a paper that would allow me to work, or I would have an opportunity where I could choose to go to further my education, and so on to be who i want to, to be so but this was not when
0: ibrahima's application for asylum was rejected in sicilia by the italian authorities he was compelled to leave the camp he headed to milan and then boarded a train to germany to try his luck
1: i arrived in germany 19 december 2014 at freiburg i mean before we, we arrived in freiburg there were controllers in the train they came and they asked ticket no ticket they asked passport no passport document no they left so we arrived at uh, Freiburg we got out from the train we saw police standing and they controlled three of us they said stop they asked passport we said no passport and they said uh, ticket no ticket so there we were controlled at that spot we were controlled put into their car um we were detained at the station statements were taken taking notes and everything and then they put us in the train to Kalsrua, we, I mean, it's an asylum camp where most Gambians are sent. So we arrived in Kalsrua. We registered the following day. They brought us to Heidelberg as a military camp with hundreds thousands of people, abandoned area outside the village, no contact to the society. Um, from there, we were, we were transferred to Mannheim. It's also a very big asylum camp, mostly for Gambian refugees. In Mainheim, we spent also 21 days there. They process our accommodation where we would be waiting for our asylum process. And after the end of 21 days, we were transferred from there. We were given an accommodation, a shelter, where we would be waiting for the asylum. We call it Heim. In Germany, here it's called Heim. We were brought to this Heim that is in Reitlingen in the south of Germany, um, close to Stuttgart and then I think four people were accommodated, four of us were accommodated in one room. Ibrahima at last received a letter from the German authorities informing
0: him that his asylum application was not successful and that he must leave Germany.
1: So after two, three months living there, staying, doing nothing, having no access to work, having no access to paper just to wait for the decision or when to be called to, to, to give interview, um, I was sent a letter that I mean um, I had a Dublin process where I had to go back to Italy it said that the first country that you arrived in Italy is responsible of your asylum case and in the database European database my fingerprint where I found because I had to give my fingerprints in Germany after three months they said my fingerprint is found in the database that I had applied asylum in Italy. They said Germany is not responsible of your asylum, so you must go back to Italy. The first challenge came from there. Desperate
0: and with no intention of returning to Italy, Ibrahim vacated his accommodation
1: as the police searched for him. So in this situation it was horrible, nowhere to go, I had no family, I had no contact, and in this, in this city I had no community members, I had no communication. That was just three months. So was in this situation, horrible lawyers, you know, running in and out, deportation. I think from that much, I did not sleep in my own bed, in my own room. Because police were always coming. It would take Ibrahim almost three years to regularize his stay in Germany to be able to live and work legally. I mean, I struggled. From 2015 to 18. I was illegal during this time while living here in Berlin. Everyday life struggle, going up and down, meeting people going everywhere you know mingling with the society knowing the locals you know i mean integrating well with them with language of course so i try to work hard with this to make sure that i stabilize my stay in this city And thank God, at the end of 2018, I mean, I got my status. Today, he works for an organization called FixPunked
0: as language and cultural mediator advising asylum seekers and undocumented African immigrants on welfare issues. But despite his new life and freedom in Germany, Ibrahima remains haunted by the painful memories of his journey to Europe, especially the death of his 15
1: colleagues, in the Mediterranean Sea? I am definitely haunted by the memories of my journey, of course, from the Gambia, not only in the Mediterranean, but of course, even in, in Libya, what I've gone through in Libya. I am very concerned about what is happening to brothers and sisters in Libya because I've gone through it, I've experienced it. Whenever I see a boat, I mean, a breaking news, a boat capsized in Italy, it always felt tears from me. Whenever I see people being kidnapped, you know, being robbed and being tortured in Libya, pictures or information about it, it pains me because it's such a horrible life that a person from Africa like myself in a young age at that time shouldn't be facing such a horrible life. And in the Mediterranean, thinking of that 15 people who lose their life, you know, hoping for a better life, memories are always in my mind. It always stay in my mind. And until now, speaking to you, 100%, Hundred percent, I stand for the advocacy of stopping this back way. You know, I take the rules, I take the measures, and I'm advocating against this back way because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't bring what we have expected. You know, what we expected about Europe or what people expect about Europe. It's not true. It's just lies and illusions. I always when I write, I say Europe is not worthy for us to die like this. Europe is not worthy for us to take this Mediterranean route to take all these hardships so if i would have gone back you know from where i came to take this journey i would say no i would not take it no it's not worthy at all Ibrahim
0: and a small group of refugee friends have set up a radio station in berlin called we are born free empowerment radio which serves as a platform for especially refugees in and around the city In August 2019, two refugee support groups in Germany, Refugee Council Baden-Württemberg and Gambia Helpers Network, said at least 2,400 Gambian refugees in the country were scheduled for deportation. At least 100 of them were deported to the Gambia between November 2018 and May 2019, according to the groups. Overwhelming majority of them got to Germany through the irregular route. On the next episode of the Migration Media Network, MMN Gambia Diaspora Monthly Podcast Series, we'll feature a Gambian who left the Gambia for Morocco with the hope of using it as a so transit country to Europe, but ended up living rough in the North African country for many years, going through pain and hardship before he crossed to Europe. We'll find out what he has been going through in Germany, where he is now based. You can find out more about the MMN Project on our website, migrantmedia.network and on social media, Migrant Media Network.